Uh. The ones I have set up are just like first tier because there's three tiers. First mm-hmm. tier is um request request priority. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fucking lame. Yep. Uh, number two is uh bonus content when it happens. So if we ever do like a Minnesota or something like that, we can mm-hmm. um or just like if we ever do like I mean if people are patreoning. To the second one, that's ten dollars a month. We can probably afford to do like uh, a few kind of side things, mm-hmm. um, maybe smaller reviews of not giant movies, like yeah. maybe indie reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then number four, it's uh, and number two is uh, that, and higher request priority. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third one is uh, guest uh, guest appearances. While this is still small. Because if we ever get popular and there's like 800 of that third tier, mm-hmm. we're not having 300 or 800 fucking guests. No. We'll change that. And also, if we if we have 800 people paying $20 a month, that's $1,600 a month, we'll probably be quitting our jobs at that point. Yep. <laughs> also 16000 16000 yeah, a month. That's substantial. Yep. That's, uh... It's not more than I make in a year, but it's... Same order of magnitude. Really, sixteen thousand a month and sixteen. No, times in 12? a month. No. Oh, in a month. I make I make more than sixteen thousand a year. Yeah. But not an order of magnitude more. Yeah. All right. Let me get the timer going. Uh, I'm gonna get some news pulled up. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host... Batman. Matt, what should people do? People should like, people should subscribe, and people should tell a friend. That was a... Subscribe. Something like that. Uh, People should specifically check... Check out our Patreon. Check out our Patreon. We set one... I set it up. We. We, Fuck off. I set set it up. (laughs) I helped. I didn't help. No. Um, Uh, Yeah, so we got one of those. It's... uh, we're, We're not begging for mo- for money as much as if you want us to do something pay us and we'll we'll do something yeah we're, we're trained monkeys we'll dance for you yep um if you want us to go see a movie and review it put in chip in a, a part of the 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 cost for the ticket you know yep we'll add it to the list if you um yeah so i uh i'm in realizing what was what the fuck? Oh, I, sorry. I just I, why was I opening that in the middle of? I just want to see. I'm opening movie news, but that's actually important. Yeah. Hey, that's important. Barely. Uh, yeah. So it's not a. I, I found out it's you don't just like give a little bit of money. You kind of subscribe to three different tiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is five dollars a month. Um, so you just pay us five dollars a month while you're in that tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, five dollars, ten dollars, and twenty dollars a month. Um. It's going to stay that way. I might actually drop it down if I can change the amount to like $2, $5, and $10. Because mm-hmm. we're not going to ask you guys to just pay us out of the out of the ass, which, I mean, most people that listen here graduated from college and have right. jobs. But I don't know. We're not going to – we're not asking you for a certain amount of money. If you guys want me to drop it down, if you only feel comfortable paying $2 a month, I'll drop it fucking down. Yeah. I'm not – we're not – We're not in this for the money. Yeah. This is mostly um, just therapeutic for us. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, like we, we would love to do more movie reviews and stuff like that. Really just any movies that come out. Yeah. We're getting to the point where we're actually kind of good at reviews. Yeah. To our own eyes. Yep. Ears. Um And we're interested in seeing more stuff than the superhero stuff. Yeah. We, we like that stuff just fine. But yep. 
That's a, I don't I don't know. I want to go review Gretel and Hansel, or is The Invisible Man. Yeah. Is that a movie? Oh yeah, that's the one where like it's a guy breathing next to her. Yeah. Is that actually based on the uh, on the novel? Not really. Okay. Um, but it's got Elizabeth Moss, and yeah. it's, it looks like they're doing an interesting spin on the premise. Yep. I'm intrigued. Um, but yeah, so the three tiers as of right now are the first one is Justice Winner, uh, that's five dollars a month, and you just get higher priority of requests. Currently, everyone has higher priority of requests because we don't get very many requests. Yep. Um, like, I, well, we did. Um, Gage had requested. Gage like requested. Gage requested. We see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh well, uh, I was talking. Well, yeah, the so movie request. Yes, but also episode request. Yes. Uh, we have one coming up that was actually uh, my coworker Dwayne requested we do this episode, and we just immediately threw it on like the t- like it's like next week. Superhero actors. It's like next week or the it's week after. Up. It's like really soon. We threw it right there. We yeah, because we had hadn't planned our next episode yet. But right. Um, yeah. Uh, the second tier, which is quality person, um, <laughs> it, you get uh higher priority of uh, requests and also um bonus content. Should that ever happen? Um, the stuff we kind of have in mind are maybe reviews for indie movies, mm-hmm. um, less like pop culture movies. So um when uh parasite came out yeah had we been doing this we would have done a review of parasite and we would have put it up only for the, that level of patreon right um like any of the in the mini sods we've done in the past where we talked about our theories of stuff mm-hmm. that'll be bonus content uh stuff that's just not straightforward re- like popular review or uh episode uh and the third one uh titled you basically own us period um twenty dollars a month is guesting on our show um that's gonna stay for as long as it's gonna stay that way for as long as there's i'm gonna say i'm gonna cap it at five people okay once more than five people have subscribed to that level i'm gonna change that uh because that's a lot of people trying to guest and i don't want to make people feel left out right so i'm just gonna leave everyone out (laughs) that's probably the correct solution or maybe if we get to that, maybe I'll like bump up all the prices because if they're willing to pay twenty dollars a, a month, then yikes, we can make some money off that. <laughs> Woo! And also, if that's five people paying twenty dollars a month, that's a hundred dollars a month. That's a lot of movies we can do. We can spend more money on doing things and maybe quit our jobs. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. So anyway, yeah, that's yeah. that's the Patreon. All uh, right, it's officially set up. It's absolutely empty and trash. Uh, I spend about five minutes a week just kind of looking at it and seeing if I can do anything to spruce it up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you guys go to our Patreon and like, hey, there's something missing, let me know. I'll go through and I'll try to fill things out. We'll fix it. So that's that. Indeed. Matt. Preston. What hast thou been up to with? You were doing so well with the tenses and the, the conjunction con- really? contractions there. Until yeah. Until the very end when I just added S at the end. <laughs> what hast thou? That's, what that's hast right. What hast thou been up but, to? I has to been up to, um, been up to it, um, just to really <laughs> grind my own gears, I guess. <laughs> Killing this joke, beating, beating the dead horse. Something like that. I've actually been up to a little bit of stuff this week. Hey, it's been the stuff. Yeah. So I watched uh, two more episodes of The Witcher. Um, so I've finished in? seven. There are eight, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the timeline Seriously. has kind of resolved itself back into one thing. So um, it's a good show, is it not? Like I'm enjoying the heck out of it, yeah. but 
I mean, yeah, it's... there's there's definitely like we talked about this last time uh, when you started. It's not a groundbreaking show by any means. No, but it definitely satisfies the palate. <laughs> I don't think it does for me. Really? Like I said, I'm having a heck of a lot of fun with it, mm. but um, it's just it, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, like it feels the world building feels like the worst impulses of jk rowling thrown into a game of thrones style world yeah where it just the rules get made up and changed every single scene basically yeah and i'm not i i like my rules i like my order i like my structure yeah that's that's one thing that i i guess i don't have that problem because Mm -hmm. i know the rules and it does abide by the rules that exist Mm -hmm. um i guess it's just kind of hard to establish the rules Mm -hmm. in it um to be honest, watching Game of Thrones, having not seen the or not read the books, that kind of does it too. Like towards yeah. the season four, where it's just like, oh, there's just these these magic people that can change faces. What? Yep. Yeah. Um, That's so having fair. not read the books, yeah, I guess it's really just like a knowing the source material, kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Potter, yeah, I guess that you're, Harry Potter's that yeah changes the rules fucking all the time. Yeah. Suddenly you can do magic without talking or with talking. Yep. Um, you have to say the curse word, like the the curses, the words of it, except when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you can't do magic outside because they have trackers on you, because that's fucking creepy. A bunch of old men tracking thirteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Smart. Um, yeah. So I get I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, having not known the source material, there's definitely some the fuck is going on. Yeah. It's just I don't know. It's weird, but. It's it's goofy and it's funny and yeah. the the action's pretty good. Mm. Um, Henry Cavill is a man. Henry Cavill is he is just an absolute hunk. Yep. I don't know if we're allowed to say that word or if it's outdated now, but nah, we're keeping it in date. I, I He's like the it. one who's making that word in date. He's the real the real hunky one. All right. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying that. I'll I'll probably finish it at some point this week. You watch that last episode. episode. <laughs> I know, but like that's an hour of my time. Oh, they are hour episodes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they went really fast because I was watching them at work. Yeah. Like, it's a trade-off for me. I, I sat down, like, the middle of the week last week to start an episode, and I, was, I got, like, 30 seconds in, and I was like, is this really how I want to sp- spend my next hour? And I, it's like, no, nah, this isn't really how I want to spend my next I hour. I really paranoid that I just didn't start the recording for some reason. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that. Mm-hmm. now that i say that it's gonna happen next yeah week. <laughs> yeah it will um but yeah no it's it's good um we'll see i also i started watching the clone wars series <gasps> on disney plus and i'm really liking it it's so good it's like you know i was expecting it to be kind of kids showy and it's kind of just not you need to watch the teen Titans show yeah i mean it's the teen Titans show definitely starts kid showy mm-hmm. but once the, once robin betrays the team and then starts having to murder them then it's just like, okay, there's some pretty hefty themes here. Okay. <laughs> and same with Avatar. You haven't seen Avatar yet. No, I, I haven't. Know that's, I, that's that like one's pretty high up in your list. I, I, I need to get to that one. Yeah. Um, but I figured it's Star Wars and I've got this Disney Plus subscription now. I might as mm-hmm. well use it. So yeah, I'm like 11 or 12 episodes in already. Yeah. Um, so you're still in season one. Yeah. 22 weeks. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time to watch things, yeah. but... I did have time to start that, and I, I'll usually have watch one or two just, like, over lunch or something. And I personally think that at season one, I haven't seen him in forever. I haven't seen him since I've gotten good at actually seeing mm-hmm. if things are good or not. Yeah. I think season one's the low one. 
I I can see that. Like there's some there's some clumsiness. It does feel like a kids show in places, but you know it's like it's got actual themes and stuff yeah. and like when you get to when you, when you get to the uh the show trying to fill in for George Lucas's oh suddenly Anakin's a bad guy. Mhm. You get chills when you start yeah. hearing like the the Imperial March behind. Yeah. When he's like beating the fuck out of someone out of pure rage. Yep. Or like the guy who voices him it definitely doesn't sound like Hayden Christensen. Not in the slightest. But I love this voice of Anakin. Yeah. It's a much better voice of Anakin. Yeah. Um, when he gets mad, it's just, like, you kind of hear a little element of James Earl Jones. Whoa. Okay. Like, he, he drops in, like, he drops massively in pitch, mm-hmm. and he gets a growl, mm-hmm. and it's just horrifying to see him go angry, and you're like, oh, God, Anakin's gonna kill people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gonna kill younglings. <laughs> it's such a good show. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to digging more into that. Yeah. And you do know about season eight, right? It's coming out. Yeah. Yeah? In, like, a month. I know. In less than a month. I'm trying to catch up. I'm fucking ready. I'm not gonna, fucking I'm ready. I'm not caught up. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I'm very much enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus, um, Hannah's been taking advantage of the subscription to watch some Kim Possible in the evenings, oh. which I've been watching over her shoulder. You know what? That is a legitimately good show. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I would not see that coming. Like it's, I mean, it's, I know, Disney does have good shows. Phineas and Ferb was a good show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is exactly what it is. It is a, um, a, a very episodic one-off spy tv show aimed at like 11 year old girls yeah but it's kind of the best version of that yeah the the action is reasonably good um the humor is consistently funny um it's got like some just clever little asides and and things um it's just it's not something where I'm going to sit down and binge the whole thing, but like if she's got it on and I'm just trying to do something, I'll find myself distracted just because I'm enjoying the show so much. <laughs> Interesting. I might, I might give it a shot. I never watched it as a kid. Yeah. Uh, I was, I, like I, I would be flipping through. Uh, it was Nickelodeon cartoon network, Disney channel. Yeah. Um, that was my priority of yep. listening, uh, watching. Mm-hmm. Luckily there were all, there were, it was 62, 63 and 64 in Georgia on, whatever the perfect we had so it was like it was perfect uh and if i'd ever like flip up to disney channel and it'd be on i'd be like i'd watch it for a little bit and turn it off mm-hmm. like it just like you know i was an 11 year old boy yeah so i was like this is for girls and yeah. would definitely turn it off but yeah uh, i was definitely ashamed to be watching disney channel like i loved sweet lives of zach and cody mm-hmm. that was a good show but yeah no i'm surprised that uh, i feel like i shouldn't be surprised but i am surprised that like that's the one that's kind of had the enduring legacy yeah of all those animated disney show i mean i i was Remember aware of it came out yeah they did that didn't they have you seen any clips of it yes yeah. <laughs> no wish you hadn't <laughs> yeah but no the show the show's good um cool. again i'm not gonna sit through and watch it all the way through i yeah. don't care if i miss an episode or mm-hmm. four but if it's on i'm gonna watch it yeah i'm gonna be pretty happy about it cool um I read one more issue of Nightfall Volume 2, colon, Night Quest, I guess. Picked up at all. No. I'm just, I'm hating it. I mean, hating is a strong word, but I am, this is a real low point in my comics reading. Well, can you fucking read through it so I can have my books back? Because you're reading, if it's this bad, then it's definitely not nearly as good as the other stuff you have. Right. Because, like, I I don't remember, like, I've mentioned it 
every single week you talk about this. I don't remember. It's been forever. Yeah. But the other stuff I do remember, and the other stuff is genuinely good. Right. I'm excited to read Hush. Just fucking just push yourself through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hannah's out of town this weekend. I can probably just like take take a day and just chug through most of. Yeah. And and then, and then I imagine the other stuff will come pretty quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. All right. And then I watched 1917. Yes. Finally. You did. Okay. We okay. talked that we briefly talked about it in the car. Yep. You got what I was saying. Yes. Very much so. Okay. I think more so than you did. <laughs> okay. <no. laughs> okay. Uh, go for, how, how elaborate on how you know what I was saying right. more than I did. Well, first off, I really, really liked this movie. Okay. I think it is a very good movie. The, cinema, the cinematography and the technical aspects are incredible. Um, the acting is really good. Um, there's a whole lot of, of just moments that are just really exceptional. Just kind of like, oh, the flare scene. The flare scene is orgasmic and terrifying at the same time. With that scene, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go on a mini tangent rant here. I saw I read an article a couple weeks ago complaining about how the Oscar nominations were always for. Um, movies that featured men doing violence to other men, which, um, La La Land, Moonlight. I mean, there's a little bit of violence in that, yeah, but it's like not what thing. it is. Um, uh, just like, do, do you watch movies? Is Manchester by the Sea any violent? No. What the fuck? I don't know. Also, have they seen Marriage Story? I, I don't know, man. Little women? I mean, that wall... Don't gender the wall. I mean, uh, fucking... Adam Driver punched a wall, but the wall's not a dude. That's the only violence of man against man. Yeah. He Just... never hits his kid. Anyway. Fuck that person. Their point, was, their point was that they were saying that 1917 got a best screenplay nod, um, despite basically being a low-dialogue, terse movie because it's men committing violence against other men and so that prejudices it in the favor of the academy which stupid and wrong point by the way but i really liked the screenplay there's not a whole lot of writing but they do a lot of good character work with what they have and there's a lot of just like little moments in the writing like the, the the milk and the cherry blossoms things that come back and reflect and echo and you're able to carry a lot of weight in very little Mm mm-hmm and I think that's the sign of some effective writing to go with effective directing and acting. Yeah. But I, I see what they mean. Screenplay. This is going to be stupid. Screenplay is not just the words. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I really liked it. Now your problem with it is that it's an A to B movie mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of the plot's just too simple. Yeah. My problem is it's an A to B movie done in real time. Which means that in order to sustain interest throughout, they constantly have to come up with new and different things to happen. Mm-hmm. And it feels more like, um, I'm going to do a food analogy. Oh. It's like one of those candy bracelets where it's it's like there's all these little candies, mm-hmm. these individual candies, these individual scenes that are really tasty. But it's kind of just a, a tasteless string that puts them all together. And so you bite in, and you're like, ooh, candy, ooh, tasteless string. No? I don't know. I think, 
I get. I absolutely get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I think mine is more in, in the fact of it's it. There's just no complexity to it. Okay. And that's fair. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no complexity to it. Yeah. It's, it's but... not. It's a, and that's why I was just like, he had a goal. He did the goal. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, I really enjoyed it. I recommend everyone see it on the big screen before it leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've been up to. All right. Well, what have you been up to? Sixteen minutes. Let's see oh, if I can do this you under. Know, oh, you know yeah. what? You've been you've been giving me clues all week. I yes. think I think within five guesses, I can name four of the movies you watched. Within five guesses, so one wrong one. Yeah. If I go for it. The Lobster. Okay. The Favorite. No. Uh, then the killing of sacred deer. Yes. Um, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. What the fuck? How did I know? You put something in the group me. Oh! <laughs> and I'm getting group me notifications damn again. <laughs> and Patterson. Yep. That's... I'm, I'm good. All right. Uh, so yeah, you got you got four. <laughs> Which one was the one you were not? I I knew that it was two of those three Yorgos movies. Okay. I'll get to those. Uh, do you want to take a stab at the other? <laughs> Give me some hints. All right. Uh, three more Adam Driver movies. I briefly talked about one already. Uh, mm. I just finished it. I'm blanking. This is embarrassing. It's the one. Oh, Inside Lou and Davis. Yeah. That's right. Uh, two more Adam Driver movies. Oh boy, what else has he been in? Um, Give you a hint. Fucking no one knew he was in one of these. <laughs> oh, okay, that doesn't <laughs> narrow it down. Um, did you see Myrowitz stories? No. Okay. Is he in that? Very briefly. Okay. Um, I'll give you two more guesses to get one of them. Uh, Midnight Special. Nope. Um, that's all the movies I know he's in. I think. Really? Was he in her? No. Okay. I'm done. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, Lincoln. Right. Yeah. yeah. He is horribly briefly in it. <laughs> like, he's literally the tele- or telegram guy. Yeah. Um, that was before his breakout. Yeah. We discussed uh, this last time. Huh? We discussed that last time. Did we? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then the other Adam Driver uh, is on Amazon Prime. Amazon uh, Prime original. It's not in the air. Makes me he? hate the government so much. Oh, uh, the report. Yes. Yeah. Holy mother of balls. All right. So I'll go through those, those first four. Inside okay. Lewin Davis. I, I need to stop doing this because there's another movie I'm only halfway through. I need to stop watching movies halfway through. Yeah. Because like I, Inside Lewin Davis was pretty good about like, like the half, the half that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then it got a lot better the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, once he actually came across the producer, it yep. was basically like, I, I, this is the one movie I was talking to uh, Andrew about this. I don't know if he really saw what I was saying. This movie is a perfect palindrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn it. I was hoping that you catch those. Those want to be those like add, make, make this the fourth moment that, of something that I noticed that you hadn't noticed. I get themes and that's sort of thematic. That is his, yeah. his whole life is cyclical. And... Cause once he, once he like talks, well, I mean, it's like, it's a scene, scene by scene palindrome. Right. And like, I noticed that I was like, well, given that the last scene of the first scene is the, is the same scene. Yeah. Um, that kind of tipped me off and then I was like, Oh yeah. And then like he was there and then it's like, 
when he met the producer, he just got turned around and went straight back. Mm-hmm. Um, super bummer. Oh yeah. But also like kind of, kind of nice. Like he didn't end anywhere else than he started at the beginning. Yeah. And it's like he's he's fine. It's cyclical. He's kind of just schlubbing along, living yeah. his life. Uh, I'm not gonna dwell too long on these. Uh, Patterson. I'm forcing myself that along with Yorgos Lanthimos. I'm forcing myself to watch movies that I would not have traditionally watched. Okay. Patterson. Have you seen Patterson yet? No. That is not a movie that I, I would expect myself to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a slice of life. Mm-hmm. It's one week of this bus driver in Patterson, New Jersey's life. Mm-hmm. And he writes poem, wrote poetry on the side. Mm-hmm. And his, his wife is just this like, uh, very eccentric, loves artsy stuff. She's doing something new every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's just his life. And he has some eventful moments that are like, to us, it's just mundane. Mm-hmm. And, but to him, it's just like, oh, hey, this kind of thing happened. And then he moves on. It's just, it's. This sounds like it's going to be one of my top 10 movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mundanity of it is just like calming. Mm-hmm. It was it was really nice to just kind of like and they they intermingled poetry throughout the entire thing like his poetry right and it's kind of like his commentary on what he's seeing and it's um yeah no it's just it's a really pleasant movie okay um there's no plot yeah okay. so I recommend it to people if you're if you're looking for something that's kind of branching out of what you typically watch Patterson's a pretty good movie it's a nice accessible indie you'd say yeah okay cool uh Lincoln fucking good movie did you fall asleep no i did not you were the first person i've ever talked to that did not fall asleep during lincoln because i was at work that it's (laughs) cheating (laughs) your viewing is null and void sir (laughs) discontinue talking um cease i could cease i say fucking uh i can see how people would fall asleep during it like it does hit just like a silence of the movie in the middle of it yeah um but it's it's a uh, it does something i like where it like doesn't do what you would expect it to do like for his assassination Mm -hmm. you don't see it right um they put him in a theater early on and i was Mm. like they're not (laughs) (laughs) no way (laughs) the rest of the movie is just afterwards um one thing i will say though and this is coming from a uh person who likes history um perspective i'm not actually a huge fan of it historically um they made the whole thing – they made the Emancipation Proclamation solely a purpose of freeing the slaves because they're humans. Mm-hmm. That is not the case. Right. He freed the slaves partially because they're human, and he was a, it was a pretty okay dude. But also because there's it's, th- it's a three-pronged effort. I'm not going to get too much into it. It's a three-pronged mm-hmm. effort to completely dismantle the Southern movement. Right. Like, it was – first of all, you took away their income. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have people working for co- or getting cotton anymore. <coughs> their income just plummeted. You took away their actual fighters because they were forced to fight. So when their fighters didn't have to fight, they fucking had no army. Mm-hmm. And third, if they fought back on that, the French... It, it was actually a, 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 a foreign affairs deal. Right. The French were su- were going to support them, were about to support them. Mm-hmm. So he pulled that. And then the moment – if they were going to fight back on that in any way, the French were going to completely pull their sword. Right. Like it was a – it was it was political. It was 85% political, I'll say. Yep. But they made the movie a solely like a, a civil rights thing, which is heartwarming right. and nice. 
but also not historically accurate. Very Disneyfied. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it is Disney, isn't it? Is it? No. I don't know. No, it wasn't Disney because it didn't have the Disney card. No. Anyway. Anyway. Um, the report makes me hate the government. Holy shit. I know nothing about this except that I see the banner ad when I go to Amazon sometimes. Um, so it's basically on the report that came out in 2014 about the CIA torturing people. Mm. Mm-hmm. Post-2011. Or post-19. Fuck. 9-11. 1990 something and 2011. Put 1917. Together, 1917. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's this whole thing. And it like it makes you hate the government for a while. And then you're kind of like, All right, it's just... There's a really good line. It's a historical thing, so it's it, I, I don't mind spoiling things. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he makes the report, and it's 7,000 pages, and then the Senator Feinstein uh, asks mm-hmm. him to knock it down to 400 to an executive summary. So he does that, and then the CIA, the people he's reporting on, mm-hmm. the CIA demand to be able to redact things. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> so they do, and then he gets back the redacted, the redacted copy of it mm-hmm. and runs into her office and goes... Imagine reading a book and it says redacted heal, uh, rose Lazarus from the dead, redacted turned water into wine and redacted walked on water. How do you know it's the same person? And I love that line that like, that's, that's a really good line. That's a really pointed reason why redaction is bad because you don't, you can't connect the dots. Right. It's just this sporadic people are doing shit. Right. Not this guy did everything. Right. And I think we're seeing some of that currently. In the impeachment. Um, and at the very, like, so it, it does a really good job of, like, kind of, like, just portraying this, like, the CIA shit. And they broke the law mm-hmm. several times during this. Not the law. They broke the agreement of having an outside contractor uh, do this. Um, and uh, at the end, it says uh, the CIA, none of the people that were involved in this uh, lost their jobs. In fact, one of them was promoted, uh, uh, several pr- were promoted, one of them to the director of the CIA. What the fuck? The government just has no sense. I don't want to get political. This isn't a political <laughs> podcast. But, like, the CIA, like, the government has just no sense of responsibility and, re- like, responsibility for their actions. And it's just, it makes me mad. The whole movie just had me leaving my, my leaving work. It was the last movie I watched of the day. It just had me leaving work going, fuck this. <laughs> you're gonna get a don't tread on me flag next yeah, god uh, so yeah so those are my adam driver movies uh the next two were yorgos lanthimos movies yeah dude's fucked in the head i know wow i, I love it after watching midsummer also my mom watched midsummer and she like, she texted me she's like because you haven't seen it yet yeah i have oh that's right you did yeah um she texted me and she's like are they gonna smother the baby and that's the only text i got and I'm like, what? Because I didn't get her first text, which was, I'm watching Midsummer, and if I have nightmares, I'm calling you. <laughs> uh, I haven't asked her what she thought about it yet. Um, so, The Lobster. Weird, but very interesting. It's a bizarre concept. Um, I was told after watching Killing of a Sacred Deer that The Lobster is the movie that you want to watch to get into Yorgos Lanthimos. Right. Because it gets you gets you used to his directing and his dialogue yep. before jumping into something like Killing of a Sacred Deer. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Do you have anything more specific and um, less inarticulate? Um... 
All right, so I'll start with the lobster. It's a very interesting commentary. I really like how it's just very blunt about the way the society views dating and mm-hmm. being in relationships. Um, and I like that it doesn't make any really any side of it good. Right. Like you're like it's it's the bad guys that are forcing you to be in a relationship and the bad guys that are making forcing you to be single. Yep. And also leaves the open ended at the end like it, it Mhm. Y- you can you can think that he did it or not. Right. Um but yeah, so that was it was a oddly pleasant movie. It's um pleasant mm, pleasant might not be the right word. Not pleasant, but it like is. oddly like you went at the at the end you're like, "Hmm. Okay." All right. Not pleasant like Patterson by no, no means. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a deeply unpleasant movie in a <laughs> lot of ways. <laughs> um, but uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Wow. Um, I'm trying. It's Colin. First of all, Colin Farrell is very Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't really keep it down, can he? <laughs> no, I'm interested to see if we have an Irish penguin. Um. <laughs> I really don't know how to articulate anymore. It's just without like spoiling everything that happens in it. Yeah. And that's a good movie to go in knowing very little about. It is. It very much is. Um, I kind of throughout the meeting or meeting throughout the, uh, the movie, I kind of had the same feeling I had of uh, the hunt where like, I was like going in, I was like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And then things start to be real. And you're like, Oh, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, it's a very oh no movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's the first movie that I've actually had to take a break from. Really? Yeah, that was um, when. Uh that like it, it's just like I don't know. I guess the build up to that moment, mm-hmm. like I had I paused it and I got up and I walked around. I was like I and I went to talk to Dwayne and I was just like it was. This movie's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, uh, like it just. It's a good way of putting it. It's such a weird, weird. It's not even a concept. It's just this fucking weird shit. Yeah. So I take it you're not a, a Yorgi. I can be. Okay. It's definitely something that's going to take getting used to. Yep. Um. Given that he's only made like what eight movies, and seven of them have been Oscars. I looked at his IMDb. I know it's something like eight or nine or ten. I think he's made s- more I'm, than. I'm six. either counting five or six. It's more than that. I'm, probably no, stuff. It's probably not. like shorts or something. C- counting shorts, yeah, surely. Okay. I, I I just saw what his IMDb yeah. was and I was like, wow, he's made like Let's nothing, see. and I know most of those. Because he made Dogtooth and then um, that other one, and then <laughs> and then he made The Lobster and then Killing of a Sacred Deer and then The Favorite. So I'm gonna I think do this. I think it's five feature length movies. Um, I I love Yorgos. I, I I love the way he does dialogue, where it's just like it's so deliberately stilted. That's the best way I can come up with yeah. describing it. And it, I think my theory is that it puts you in sort of a a humorous headspace, even when the movies themselves have no jokes or overt humor at all. Uh-huh. And it gives it. It gives it the sense of a comedy in a very strange movie. And I think it probably puts you in sort of a heightened sense where you're able to accept the just strangeness of the the world or the story he's telling. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my theory about 
okay. how or why he does what he does. Yeah. All right. Um, you should watch the favorite because I think it tones down sort of his um his his deepest Yorgosisms. Okay. Um, the dialogue is it, it's kind of stilted, but it's also set in like early 18th century England in the court of Queen Anne. Hmm. So. Of course, their dialogue's going to sound stilted yeah. to us. Um, I'd like to see a movie from him that is like, it's just um, kind of orthodox. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd like to see what he can do with an orthodox movie. Like, the his concepts mm-hmm. under normal dialogue. Yeah. I think it wouldn't work at all, but <laughs> I'm kind of curious, too. Yeah. Um, so that's that. After watching Killing of a Sacred Deer... I really just was, I didn't want to watch an artsy movie. Mm-hmm. So I watched Creed 2. Oh, how is it? It's, it's good. Like I, I mean, I need to watch that one. Yeah, it's, um, had me crying a few moments. Okay, good. Um, it, it require, it doesn't require you to have seen Rocky 4. Okay. Um, it kind of fills in what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. But I definitely looked up synopses of all the Rockies because I've only seen the first one, so I right. needed to know what went into the next one. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. Yeah. And uh, how the fuck is Sly not a good actor in pretty much everything? He's like bad in like The Expendables. Well, that's a badly written movie, too. Yeah. He's, he's, just, um... he's really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it well because Rocky was his baby from the start, and so it might be that he's just this invested in this character and story. Yeah. That it at some point Sylvester Stallone and Rocky just sort of bleed together, and so he's kind of playing a version of himself. Yeah. And Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Fuck yes, love her. Uh, yeah, no, great movie. Um, yes, I watched Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, it came out this last year god it's 2020 yep um i mean yeah i already knew the story mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what i really have you seen it? you haven't seen it i haven't seen it um it does a really good job so uh, typically um the the thing when people talk about wonder woman is if you talk about william uh just give me hang on there it is Whoop. uh William William Marston, Marston Moulton. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, people were like, oh, but he was like into bondage and like polygamy. And it's like, okay, yes. And then like, so your first thing, assuming you're a closed-minded person, you're like monogamy and normal sex. Mm-hmm. You're like, yes, that's weird. But also he created one of the most iconic and one of the most iconic superheroes, the most iconic f- female superhero. Mm-hmm. Um you can look back in his early stuff, uh, the early like when his writing, and it was definitely filled to the brim with bondage and oh yeah, sexual stuff. But like the movie makes that stuff okay. It like it it really just dwells on it. the stuff is about his life and not really Wonder Woman. Right. Um. It dwells on the three of them mm-hmm. a lot. Like there is just a straight up threesome like threesome sex scene. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it makes it emotional and, like, you, you're invested and, like, it makes everything feel okay. Okay. It's a really good job of doing that. Interesting. Um, there's one line that I really, really liked that, uh, so, um, they told him, it's like, hey, uh, 
your sales are really good, but we also need you to like tone down the the bondage. About like maybe like half, forty percent, and there's like early like obviously run the numbers, it's like thirty percent. You need to knock it down to thirty percent. And then like it cuts immediately to him walking through and they're like, dude, it's like it doubled. He's like tripled. <laughs> it's just like he just owned his character. Um and it's a really good movie. It sticks very true to the way it is. Um, also, it made me aware of... Um, oh, I looked up her name today for the reason that I've I've started watching Man in the High Castle again today. She's the girl that plays Nicole. I don't know any of the characters' names in that show. Uh, the really, really German girl that Joe Smith starts. Yes, her. What is her name? I don't... Uh, it's... Uh, let's talk or something okay i don't know um but yeah no she's in it okay uh that's she's uh uh olivia byrne okay uh, who was the who was the third mm-hmm. um and also fucking what's her what's the other woman's name i don't remember diana prince no <laughs> i tried <laughs> uh but no it was it was you saw you saw i posted in the group me that mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of friends in aopi and friends that have worked with aopi and Wonder Woman is based on an AOPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I forgot about the fact that Moulton is and his wife are the ones who made the first polygraph. Mm-hmm. Hence the lasso of truth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that stuff was really interesting. Um, I watched the first few episodes, of, or first episode of Barry. Oh, I've been meaning to get into that. Yeah. Was it good? good? Yeah, it's good. All right. Nothing more to say on that. Okay. Because I have no idea where it's going yet. Right. And I watched the first half of I, Tanya. Mm, I've been meaning to watch that also. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a lot of like fourth wall breaks and it's like yeah. the, all the interviews are by the actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's fun. Okay. It's a fun movie. All right. Uh, did I get it under 30 minutes? Uh, nope. <laughs> okay. Good. Because I forgot one also. Um. So I was I was just messing around doing some work and um I was listening to some music and I saw that Billie Eilish put a music video out for everything I wanted. Oh. It's a weird video. Oh, she makes weird videos. I mean, like it's surprisingly normal relative to her weird stuff, but it's uh, it's unsettling. Let's put it that way. Interesting. Um so I watched that and then it was just auto-playing and I think the next thing that would come up was I love you cuz those are basically the only two songs I ever listened to by her. Yeah. Um, but there was an ad first and, um, I, I looked at the ad timer cause I always check the timer and it's like, if it's a 20 second ad, I might just let it run. Um, and the ad said 43 minutes, 55 seconds. And I was like, what? Okay. And then, uh, this guy pops up and I kind of recognize him. I've seen him in a couple shows or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Hey, my name is yada yada. Uh, we're going to show you the first episode of this new show I'm in, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And I was like, you're doing the full episode of the TV show as an ad on YouTube. That is the most most interesting thing that has happened to me all week. And I'm going (laughs) to roll with it. And so I sat there and I watched the episode. All right. (laughs) It was pretty good. (laughs) I don't think, I don't, I'm probably not going to keep watching the show, but Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if the first season comes to Netflix, which it won't, it's an NBC show. So it's going to come to Peacock. Um, then I'd, I'd probably sit down and watch it. Okay. It's a, uh, so basically it's a, it's a young programmer 
woman in San Francisco named Zoe. Um, and uh, she gets an MRI and there's an earthquake and the guy's playing music in the MRI machine while she's getting her MRI and through some sort of magical shenanigans and I don't know, freaky Friday stuff. Uh, suddenly people's innermost thoughts are occasionally expressed to her in the form of a full on musical number carried out by the person. It's a, it's a weird concept, but it kind of works. Um, so like there's a guy who's really upset about something and he, um, like he starts singing mad world and it does like a whole little number on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, just, it's, it's a very strange concept. Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of like it. Like it's got, some, it's got some <laughs> bad writing, but it's, it's got some good writing. It's got some fun stuff. It's got, it's got some actual heart to it. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. Okay. So is that an Amazon prime? No, it's NBC. It's like an actual on TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen ads of it. I feel like I heard of that, heard that before, heard that name before. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I'm just, I was very impressed by that idea, just to make it the the ad. Yeah. And then of course, I mean, people could skip it, but there's going to be a few people like me that are curious enough to sit and watch it. And of those, I think enough are going to enjoy it enough to keep watching. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, that's a that's a thing take a screenshot of my news app and when i do that there's usually one or two uh things that i think are worth talking about but i don't th- i mean captain marvel 2 is in the works yay Saw that coming i don't know and then the other one is that uh that screenshot i sent you of screen crush uh rating uh mm. joker below batman versus superman I want to read, like, the first, like, couple sentences of it, or sentence of it, I guess. No amount of Oscars will convince us that this bleak origin story for Batman's arch nemesis is anything more than a dour Scorsese homage run amok. Fuck them. You can go and crush yourself with a screen. (laughs) Okay. That was a, was a lukewarm insult. Got any news? Uh, Besides the really bummer one that happened yesterday? Yeah, let's hit that one. Uh, Academy Award winning writer Kobe Bryant has died. That's right. He was an Academy Award winner, wasn't he? Yeah. An Oscar winner. Yeah. Um, yep. Died in a helicopter crash. Yeah. That's a... That's in the day after uh, LeBron James... Uh, passed him, passed yeah. For most, most career points. Yeah. So... That is... Super bittersweet. Yeah. Well, not as death being bittersweet. No, nothing sweet about the bitter part. Yeah, he's, he, had, he had a lot of life left to live. Yeah, um, so it was an emotional ride too. Like we heard he he died, and then there was like a rumor that all of his kids and not his wife were on it, mm. and everyone was like, "Fuck!" And then it was only one, and we were all like, "Still like fuck," but like at least the mom's not left with no one, right? But anyway, let's not dwell yeah. on that. one. All right. We rarely talk about deaths. Yeah. Uh, that was just, it was a weird, it, it's, it's so weird that it happened. Yeah. Like he's, he's someone that you just, you kind of expect him to be alive until he's 75 or so. Yeah. I mean, you don't, 
that's not a name that you never see. It's always like so and so dies at like sixty or seventy or eighty, but like at forty one. Yeah, that's and not like, a name I expected ever to see. I think I think for people our age group, this is the first person of that high profile to die that young. Yeah, at least the well the first obvious one. No, Mac Miller. I don't know. You who don't that know is. Mac Miller. Uh, um, very high in the music world. Mm-hmm. like uh hip hop uh overdosed and he was like 31 mm-hmm. i think um yeah that was recent uh it was like a year ago but that's a, he's he's a lot less universal than kobe bryant my dad knows who kobe bryant is my dad would have no idea who mac miller is everyone who's heard of mac miller has heard of kobe bryant okay i i yeah i could be my dad and demand like objective proof let's go interview everyone that we can every reach single in a, person in a five mile radius <laughs> <laughs> anyway any other news that's not bleak um the you remember the the quiet place 2 trailer yep you remember how how it's awesome uh-huh. you remember the scene in the car the long shot in the car with the bus coming at him uh-huh. you know that's practical no cgi except the monster oh yeah, okay, that's that doesn't surprise me. It makes me excited, though. Oh, I'm definitely excited, but that doesn't surprise me. I feel like everything's getting so much better that stuff like that's just always going to be practical. Yep. I thought you were saying, like, the monster was practical. No. Like, they made the monsters. <laughs> this uh, wasn't him going, this wasn't him like, oh, look at this hypothetical thing. He's like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm creating this. John we're Krasinski's- calling them the crunts. <laughs> John Krasinski's turned on us. Uh, um, uh, speaking of Billie Eilish, she won a bunch of Grammys. Yeah. Um, she's the second youngest person to win up and uh, win a Grammy. Yeah. Behind Lord. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe it was the particular Grammy she won. Okay. It was the up and coming one because the up and coming coming was like a was a country singer who was like fourteen. Ah. Uh, because Lord won for Royals when she was seventeen. Oh. Billy's eighteen. Yeah. I feel like she's been eighteen for a long time, but no, I think she about, was sixteen when I started listening. I think no. No, because her album didn't come out until this. Past oh no, she was summer. seventeen when I started listening. Yeah. I guess I probably was too, because. Um. Yeah. That leads me to a joke that I've been meaning to make for like two weeks, and it's now gone completely stale. Um, so this new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, has Hans Zimmer officially writing the score now. Billie Eilish officially writing the title track. Ana de Armas officially playing a role. It, they were marketing this movie to one person in particular, and that person is you, sir. Yes. <laughs> yes. They are so close to making my perfect movie. All I need is apparently fucking Adam Driver at the moment to get yeah. that to put in there. Could have made him the villain instead of Rami Malek. Oh, although yeah, Rami, Ma- isn't it? although Rami Malek's really good. Yeah, you should you should get around to Mr. Robot at some point. Okay, that's a show, isn't it? Yeah, is it on? Uh, it's on Prime. It's on Prime. It's USA na- Network originally, so it okay. actually aired. Um, but it's uh it's great. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, Matt, Matt Matt made that joke to me in the car last week. Yep. And I definitely had a much louder reaction when he said <laughs> that. Uh, but yes, no, I am I am all ready for this movie. I am 
I was so fucking ready for this movie. It's so weird. You're like not a James Bond guy at all. I'm not. But you're super on board for this one. Although you're just you're basically gonna get up and leave after the title song. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Bye. That's all I needed. Uh, no, honestly, we were, we we're talking about that. It's I, I, maybe like they found they did their surveys and they found that I'm like the only person in the world that's not a huge James Bond fan. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, fuck, we got to get this guy. We can't have one person. Everyone must be a fan. Okay, find out who his favorite everyone is. All right. Uh, the only other thing I've got is that the Batman has officially begun filming. Mm-hmm. So. And we've seen pictures of, uh, oh, well, that happened last week. Because we saw pictures of Penguin and we talked about him. Yeah. You fool. I'm bad. You're slow. Yep. Bad Matt. I know. Bad Matt from now on. Okay. That's going to come out tonight. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Speaking of oh, bad. Bad. There are bad things in the world. There are a lot of bad things, particularly movies. That's what we're talking about. Movies yeah. and shows. Mo- movies are really some of the worst things. Movies have some of the bad, really bad things. Um, <laughs> Boy, are some of them really hell. Um, yep. But some of these things. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is like the fourth time I've made that joke and he still missed it. Uh, I got it this time. <laughs> uh, in case you didn't catch that, that because was it was joke. about the worst joke ever. That's a Hellboy joke. Anyway. Because that's the worst movie. What we're talking about today is we're talking about uh, things that are bad, things that are good that are in bad things. Yep. Uh, we've had this, we've talked about this kind of idea this this episode for quite a while mm-hmm. um it sparked was sparked by uh by a movie that you may have seen x-men days of future no uh x-men dark <laughs> phoenix um arguably a bad movie i don't think there's anyone that loved it yeah um i like it i acknowledge that it's a very bad movie yeah it's a bad um, movie it's got a lot of flaws but um, the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it took them like 11 X-Men movies to finally get someone to actually write like a good X-Men theme that's yeah. memorable. What was the original theme song? Uh, it was like some really just like super 90s like. Yeah, probably. Like early aughts, super ni- like late 90s. Anyway. Uh, um, yes. Hans Zimmer. He he, he had didn't a, make a fucking thing. He had a bit of a downswing for a bit there. Um, cough, cough, BVS. But um, I think he, I think he kicked it back into gear with uh, Dunkirk and Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and now yeah. Dark Phoenix. I think was it's a it's a very good score. It's mm-hmm. got a memorable main theme that it's dark, but it's got sort of a heroism to it. Yeah. Um, and then he's got some really good softer moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love the track that happens, spoiler alert, after Mystique dies. Not like that oh! wasn't in the trailer. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, it's kind of, it's slow strings, and he sort of does this modulation. It's it's like a same chord change, but just kind of keeps dropping down, mm-hmm. cha- modulating through a bunch of different key areas. And it's... Sort of this wandering, hopeless fall into the abyss that um, I described my really relationship. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I, I, I think you're really also not accurate. <laughs> no, 
but it encapsulates exactly kind of how the characters are feeling at that moment. Yeah. Um, as long as we're talking about Dark Phoenix, there's at least one scene that I really like in that movie. Uh, and that is when the, the Hans Zimmer slow track is playing right after their death. When, um, uh, Charles and our, our old famous friend, Sebastian Holt are sitting around the kitchen at the mansion and they're like, Holt's drinking basically straight from the bottle and Charles starts to go into his, his platitude laden speech and Mm -hmm. it's, everything's going to be okay. And, did I just say okay? okay? Shoot me in the face right this very second, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that, that Everything's one. gonna be okay. Uh, that one. That one really grinds me. That's uh, that's how Charles Xavier fucking consoles people. <laughs> it's okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Oh no. But I uh, know he goes. He goes into his classic X Men platitude laden speech, and um, uh, uh Nick. No, shoot! I almost said Nicholas. Oh, who's Nicholas Holt? <laughs> it's not a real person. Not a person. Surely you're thinking of Leanne. Percival Holt. Percival Holt. Uh, Percival Holt like smacks the bottle away and it's just like, no, you don't get to give this speech anymore. You've ruined. You the, fucked everyone. You up. you destroyed this. This is on you. You don't get to get out of this. And the movie doesn't really follow through on that, but it's a great scene. It's yeah. it it builds on its own X Men mythology where we kind of like, okay, this is a low point, and Charles will come up with a good speech and rally everyone to the cause, and this they is shut it down. This is different, and it's it's sudden and kind of shocking, but it's a it's a great, quiet, intimate moment. Um, so yeah, the movie's kind of a, kind of bad, kind of a, yeah, not great. Um, another really really obvious one that we come back to a lot actually mm-hmm. and my favorite movie ever batman versus superman oh boy oh that's a movie yeah remember when remember when the giant sack monster that somehow grew from fucking zod grew up and then crazy joker uh mark zuckerberg was like you're doomsday and everyone who knew who doomsday was was just like what oh <laughs> what and then it came out and it's just the fucking cave troll from lord of the rings <laughs> and the fellowship of the rings it's a cgi blob <laughs> and then there's just this disgusting fucking horrifying monster and then galga don't shows up yeah and makes you just cry <laughs> oh and the music speaking of Hans zimmer oh my god <laughs> that is the best superhero entrance i've ever seen in my life yeah it, it destroys anything from like it i think it's better than uh thor showing up in Endgame. infinity war infinity war yeah and i guess all the the portals in Endgame. like it's yeah. just it's i i don't know i i it don't know why it's exhilarating yeah just the the way she's shot and the way she looks and the way the music is going and the way she just throws herself in. Yeah. It was just oh like I'm getting chills I, just thinking about it. I think the lead up to it helps, like that it's just this like I mean if you're thinking about the movie, ignoring the fact that it's a bad fight, like they're losing. Yeah. <laughs> they're absolutely gonna die. Yep. And like Batman just well, first of all, also ignoring the fact that Batman would never just go, 
oh shit, and just sit there and take a fucking laser from a Kryptonian. Yeah. He would never get into that situation. Also, Batman would never get stuck in his Batmobile. Are you kidding me? Stop it. This isn't what we're doing. Stay on topic, Preston. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm like realizing how much is wrong with that. This is going to happen when I get to some other stuff in a bit here. Literally, the good Batman movie, he gets stuck in the Batmobile, but then he presses the button, and then he just ex- exits the Batmobile on a fucking motorcycle. Yeah. Because he's Batman. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. So he's definitely going to die. But then she shows up and just, like, completely changes the... T- like, you can tell that the moment she arrives, the whole fucking thing's changed. Yeah. And the music, yep. and just the fact that she's able to take this thing with just her bracelets... And just, like, the way her head, like, pokes up over her bracelets. Mm-hmm. And just, like. <laughs> yep, that's about right. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Shame about the rest of the movie. There is, oh, there's an, isn't there, like, one other good moment? Probably. I don't remember what it is. Yeah, not good enough to get into the episode. Ah. Yeah. What else is bad? The Hobbit trilogy. Do you actually have one for The Hobbit? Martin Freeman is a great Bilbo. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. They pull the legs out from under the character and he basically doesn't have an arc and he just kind of exists. But he is the exact right actor to play that and he plays the heck out of what he's given. Mm-hmm. Um cuz the whole point of the Bilbo character is he's someone who's kind of you know, he's he's soft and comfortable and kind of meek. He's a hobbit, but he's mm-hmm. got a little streak of boldness in him. Yeah. And, you know, eventually he kind of grows out of his shell and becomes the, the, the burglar. He's not, a, he's not a great hero, but he's a guy who's got some balls and he's, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do his job and he's going to do it well. He's going to um, riddle with Gollum, and he's, which the riddle seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, and he's going he's gonna to have a word battle with Smog that's much more interesting than your stupid garbage molten gold fire doesn't go bend around pillars thorn is balancing on the dragon's nose useless waste of a fight scene i'm sorry i'm doing that I'm, <laughs> I'm doing your thing <laughs> no but uh he's it, martin freeman basically encapsulates exactly that definition mm-hmm. he is he's the he can bilbo yeah and put a good movie around him and that would have been a really great performance yeah really great bit of casting yep aside from that though fucking horrible <laughs> yikes uh the star wars prequels are pretty bad they sure are they're uh you could, you could say they're bad i uh, i will say two of them are bad yeah i think revenge, revenge of the sith, sith is, is a legitimately passable. pretty good movie yeah uh which one would you say okay i'm gonna only do one of them because i definitely have some redeeming qualities for each of them okay which one do you think is the worst one phantom menace phantom menace We've talked about it before. The, yeah. Um, Having just rewatched them within the past couple months, it's Phantom Menace by a mile. Yeah. Um, the the pod racing scene. Pod racing scene Barring is... Barring the writing and stuff like that, but the the point of the pod racing scene... It's okay. Is... I liked it. Yeah. I, like, the, the thinking back on it, like, we, we talked mm-hmm. about it, it's like, it's a character development moment for everybody. Yeah. And it's it's an exciting, thrilling, to reasonably well-constructed race scene. Yeah. Um... Sorry, continue. I, I just thought of something. Okay. Uh, it, it develops the character of Anakin. It, it proves that he's a good pilot. It proves that he's clearly, like, he's got quick technical skills. He's a smart guy. It also, it, it sets up the Qui-Gon being manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a useful scene. 
and it's the only good scene in that movie. Fight me, Duel of the Fates is a bad fight. I'm going to defend it right now. Okay. With a, with a reason that is very niche and does not deserve to be the reason it's a good fight. All right. So I've been I, I've talked about it re- uh, previously, uh, but I've been getting into like reading about the lore of like a lot more of Star Wars, mm-hmm. particularly the lightsaber dueling styles, mm-hmm. fight styles, and I am now much more well versed on it. Okay. And I can think I can defend so much of the the duel of the fates. So the Sith use Form Seven. Form Seven's the Sith one, the one that is just fucking aggressive and fast and just obnoxious. That's the one that. Darth Maul uses. Mm-hmm. Form four is all about acrobatics and utilizing. Okay, so I'm going to uh, really quick. I'm just going to fly through all of them. Form one is basically the creation of lightsabers. It's a development from the saber sword, which mm-hmm. is basically, uh, and, and they change, they had to create this new fighting style because uh, lightsabers are omnidirectional and there's no weight beyond the hilt. Okay. So they had to come up with this new fighting style. Form two is about actually dueling. Like, that's when their enemies started having lightsabers and they had to figure out how to actually fucking duel with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, form three is about blasters, when blasters became more prominent. And that became all about defense. 100% defense. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is the master of form three. Okay. Only after episode one. I'm going to take a quick uh, quick side note to comment the fact that episode three is the only movie that actually had all of these pre-established. Okay. They had a master swordsman and a master fencer go through the other five movies and retcon all the lightsaber forms based on what exists. Interesting. So all so these lightsaber forms are not just someone came up with bullshit. Mm-hmm. They all stand okay. to all of them. Uh, and they're approved by you know Lucas and shit. And they, mm-hmm. actually, they actually all make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into that more. And so form three is all about defense. Form four and form five were basically like made simultaneously of like, fuck, we need to make offense mm-hmm. um form one is all about sweeping motions okay um it's just kind of like doing things around you uh kit fisto uh is really good uh is, is one of the prominent users of it um it's all it's kind of bad when you're fighting one-on-one which is why he fell uh to palpatine um form two is dueling and stuff like that that kind of fell uh fell by the wayside when uh, the Sith disappeared for mm-hmm. fucking thousand of years. Mm-hmm. Um, form three is defense. Form four is the prominent one used by Qui-Gon and being taught to Obi-Wan. Okay. Which is why Duel of the Fates is so fucking flippy. It's uh, also really important that you have foot space. Okay. Which is why when Qui-Gon got trapped around that, uh, the, the, the fucking pit, mm-hmm. he couldn't do all the flips. Which right. is why he died. Okay, one saw that and was like, "Fuck, having a defense thing is a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. I need to start. I'm going to start working on form three. So he started working on form three, and just fucking perfected it. He was really good at it during uh, episode two, mm-hmm. but episode three it explains why he was able to fight off four lightsabers coming at him at the same time. Mm-hmm. Is because if you're a master of form three, you're fucking untouchable." There are okay. stories of Obi-Wan walking through a massive, like, uh, um, crossfire during mm-hmm. the Clone Wars, completely untouched. Okay. Just like, and just, just making tiny little moves. Um, and you can actually see the difference between his fighting styles in 
two and three in that. Mm -hmm. It becomes a lot tighter. Um, form, uh, so, uh, so that, that's kind of why like that makes a lot more sense that like Mm -hmm. why he died and Qui-Gon, um, Oh, oh, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna get into this stuff because uh, I think this is me kind of defending the prequels now. Okay. Like, this is the All good right. thing in the prequels is this is the form fighting stuff. Okay. Um. Uh, form two has the Makashi salute, which is the thing that Dooku does to Yoda. Oh, the little puts do, in do, front do, of him do, and do. then down. The only reason we the reason we see him only do it in front of Yoda is because Yoda taught him the Makashi salute. Oh. So he does it as like a fuck you to Yoda. Okay. Um. Form two is massively more uh, uh, impressive when you have a curved hilt, which is why he and Venture uh, and you're about to meet uh, Venture. Uh, She's in the first episode. Yeah. So she has two curved hilts, mm-hmm. two curved swords. That she's also a master of form two. Form two is also using two bladed. Okay. Um. Uh. Form four involves. Oh no, form five involves putting your uh, lightsaber above your head and like kind of at an angle, mm-hmm. which is when you see Anakin do that in episode two, that's him using form five because he started kind of using form five. Okay. He based all of what he did kind of around form five and then added elements as he became Darth Vader and a fucking crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, when, so Yoda uses, Yoda's the only master of everything. Okay. Um, oh, Yoda and Mace Windu, sorry, Mace Windu is also his, um. Yoda prefers form four, which is why he's this flippy fucking CGI mess. Right. Um, the shit, there was a thing that I was going to make a comment on. Uh, oh yes. Uh, so the form to start, they, they all have their starting pose. So Obi-Wan's, you see Obi-Wan like do his little like lightsaber behind his head and hand up in a challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, when he's going against Grievous, that's the starting form for form three or starting for form three. Okay. Uh, and Anakin, uh, starts with, with his up above his head. He st- kind of sticks with form five. Um, you'll notice on their second duel with, uh, Dooku, they don't start that way. It's because they actually, and apparently this actually was part of the script mm-hmm. is that they put, they started in a different form. Like they, 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 st- they posted up in a different form to trick Dooku <laughs> Okay. And he was not expecting the ferocity of Anakin's fighting mm-hmm. and the almost untouchable nature of Obi-Wan. Okay. So when he he went in with like a false confidence and that's why he lost. Okay. <laughs> Looks stupid as balls though. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going into it, like knowing that stuff, that, that a lot of that stuff like really fascinates me and like watching mm-hmm. kind of the way that, the, I mean, cause it was the, um, episode three is fucking perfect with that stuff because it was the it was the the fencer and the swordmaster that actually did the choreography for episode three mm-hmm. after they had created the forms and they based it on actual sword fighting stuff mm-hmm. so all of the sword fighting in episode three actually sticks to their uh forms nice which is great and i love it looks stupid as balls though shut up <laughs> um that's my defense of the prequels yeah that's the good thing and the bad um I have one little scene from Attack of Clo- Attack of the Clones that I kind of like. Um, so Anakin and Padme are trapped on Tatooine, and they uh, call up the Jedi Council, and they're like, uh, hey, we got a message from Obi-Wan that he's on trouble in Geonosis. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, uh, stay there. Protect the Senator. And Padme's like, 
well, I'm going to go rescue my friend. You have to protect me. You have to come with me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and it's it's probably the only moment in that movie that actually makes it feel like they have any kind of chemistry. Yeah. They're sort of, they're playful. It Padme's sort of a... Pushy. She's... <laughs> Yeah, not not pushy, but she's more of a, a go-getter than she ever felt like in any of the other movies. Yeah. Um and it like the writing's not bad, so Yeah. It, it's just it's a little moment where if we'd gotten a whole movie's worth of that relationship, I would have cared a whole lot more. Yeah. Been a lot more invested. Might have been able to put up with some sand. Probably not some sand. That was bad. No. <laughs> um no, most of the rest of Attack of the Clones is just not great. And it's got some it's got some real low points. Um Revenge of the Sith is not a bad movie, so it doesn't qualify under our designation here. Yeah. Also, uh the um the it the sorry, this is uh, it retcons how uh the sword fighting thing retcons mm-hmm. how uh Django is a really good gunsman. Mm-hmm. Like a gun marksman. Marksman. He's like a phenomenal marksman. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, he's such a bad marksman. He couldn't hit Obi-Wan a single time. But having Obi-Wan be a master of the thing that you are untouchable makes a lot more sense. Right. Okay. I'll buy it. I'll yeah. buy it. All right. What else is bad, Matt? Um, do you have anything redeeming in Solo, which you hate very much and I think is perfectly not bad, but since you think it's a bad thing. Uh, that's not the one with TK, whatever his fucking name is. No, nah, it's Rogue One. Rogue One. Oh, God. Maybe Donald Glover? He's not even great in that one. Fair enough. God, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think... Okay, this is going to sound so fucking arrogant. I think the good thing in Solo is that it gave the roots for my theory on Boba Fett. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kira is... Like, I think... Um, Amelia Clark is good. Right. I love her. She's great. Okay. I think her um she had a really good like she's in charge character and personality. Okay. Probably developed from being the mother of dragons, but yeah. She's good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um oh, I have I have one. Iron Fist season 1. Iron Fist season one. What a train wreck. The, oh, what is it? It's the scene. I think it's in episode five. Okay. And it's like the, if I remember correctly, it's a bunch of like horizontal. I don't think it's lens flares. I need to go back. I need to find that scene. Mm -hmm. Cause like you and I, we talked about it when we, when we talked about it extensively when it first came out. It's just this one scene that, like, it's visually really cool. I don't remember this at all. I, I need to go back and find Maybe it was in the first episode, but, like, it, everything else is horrible, but, like. I did have one, one well, two things, actually. Okay. One, Jessica Henwick and the entire character of Colleen Wing oh, yeah. is, is good and redeeming. And the very first fight scene where he tries to get into the building and the security guards are trying to grab him and he basically just like tai chi's his way around them yeah that was the only moment i felt like this guy is a warrior monk who is basically on a different plane than these normal people and he can just he can just get out of them without having to touch them basically and then it just went downhill from there yeah but there's one scene and if i can 
If I can think of it, I'm not going to be able to think of it. Because I was actually thinking about it the other day. Hmm. But it's definitely there's definitely a scene in there that I really liked visually and stylistically. But, and I was like, oh, hey, is the show going to get good? And then it immediately went back. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, give me more. I like thinking of things that are... Uh, Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. We reviewed this one, which makes we it did. a little easier. Um, we did have one thing that we both agreed was pretty good. Do you remember um, what it was? The fucking how the two people that were getting engaged through the whole movie and we never actually saw them together. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, what was it? Um, wasn't the little fucking steely guy because he was tired after the first movie. Yep. I don't remember. It was the Grindelwald speech. Where he <gasps> comers, yes. Up the imagery. We're like at the end of your like, and I'm kind of on board. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shame about the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> kind of feel like that's our uh, overarching theme today. Shame about the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's the fucking theme of the episode. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Um, Green Lantern. Got anything there? The fucking cheekbones comment. I don't remember that one. You don't remember that? No. Oh God. He puts like he he like finally reveals like he, like to Blake Lively he reveals who he is. He takes off his mask. You're like mm-hmm. loses his mask and she goes, Yeah, I knew it was you. You think <laughs> hiding your cheekbones is gonna make me not realize it's you? And it just throws dirt in the face of every domino mask ever. Yep. And I love it because yep. domino masks are so stupid and they do not hide your identity. Not really. It was such a great just commentary on comic books, and I was like, Yeah, I approve. Yep. <laughs> Speaking more big picture, the whole Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively have oh, yeah. good chemistry. They also, yeah, that movie reasons. spawned two adorable fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> also, Taika Waititi. That's true. He's in it, he's isn't in he? It. <laughs> it spawned Taika Waititi. He did not exist. <laughs> They're like, let's create a crazy New Zealander. Uh, also, Call me to be. I don't think we're going to get a better Sinestro. No, Mark Strong is great. Perfect Sinestro. Yeah. We can definitely get a beggar, better Kilowog, better... I don't think we got a badge in there. Like, just basically anybody else. Yeah. We can get a better one, but that is... It, that fucking character, he is born for that character. Yes. He was in 1917. Yeah, he was. For, like, a second. There's a whole bunch of famous British actors that are on screen for one scene, yeah. and then their scene is over, and they leave, and then the next interesting scene comes along. Yeah. Got Colin Firth and Mark Strong and Andrew Scott and Andrew Scott. Yeah, he's the like cynical commander who's drunk and smoking the whole time right. that lets them out into no man's land. Yeah, and he plays that exactly like Moriarty, but just like toned down <laughs> Moriarty. And it's he's he's so fun when he gets into it. Yeah. Um. I think I think Green Lantern actually had quite a few pretty okay moments. I maintain that it's an entirely watchable, yeah. if kind of like bottom tier superhero movie. Yeah. Definitely bottom tier. Yeah, but like yeah. Well, I mean, bottom tier I think should be reserved for the BVSs of the world. That movie's been replaced as for the bottom <laughs> tier. We'll get to that. Well, it's it is among the bottom tier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, do you have anything for Catwoman? No. I think the basketball scene's fun. Fuck you. Die. <laughs> no, I genuinely, I was trying to think of that. I was like, is there anything redeeming Catwoman? There's absolutely nothing. Especially having, like, done a booze and booze on it and then having to have watched the whole thing again to make sure booze and booze is in sync. Absolutely not. 
It is a horrible movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything good in it. Um, this is going to be really vague. I like the vibe Halle Berry puts off for the character. <laughs> <laughs> I she's think... sort of she's got a swagger to her, and that's what the character needs. But remember when it dwelled on her ass for like forty five seconds? Yep. Remember when she just like starts eating sushi with her hands? She's like, "Please cease with that sound." This is an audio medium, and we do not need no. <laughs> Fucking that alone just made this explicit. All of my quirk curse words do it, but damn. Yep, I went all in, didn't I? Uh, yeah, no, I got nothing for that. Uh, I yeah. Maybe uh, the fact that it like halted any more of those movies. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the bad Batmans. That's not true. I saw BMBS. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, Batman Forever's fun, I think. It's incredibly stupid and a bad movie, but it's got, you know, pacing and rhythm and some energy to it, mostly because it's got Jim Carrey in it. But, uh, uh. It also stops him and, uh, 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 not Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, yes. Lee middle name. <laughs> also, stop the two of them from ever talking again. <laughs> I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Yeah, what a it's great all time favorite line. Great line, and it's a real life line. It's yeah, not it's a not a movie line. line. It's a real line. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones actually said that to fucking uh, Jim Carrey in a restaurant. Good old James. Yep. Sorry, James. Um, but no, Batman and Robin is. It's. <sighs> It's got all of the the stupidity and just general terrible moviness of Batman Forever, but it's also slow and just kind of ugly. Doesn't that have Batwoman? Yep. What's her name in it? I I literally have the IMDb right in front of me, and I don't want to look it up. Oh, well, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Do it. I want to know because I I saw it recently. It was Batwoman. Who for people who don't know, Batwoman is Kate Kane. Pretty sure it went for Barbara Gordon, but it was like Barbara something else. Um, like Barbara Watson or something. Barbara Wilson. Barbara Wilson. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. Like you got the first name. That's not even the important one. The important part of it is that, that she is Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Yeah. They did the wrong name. I <laughs> <laughs> thought, oh, this will be a fun Easter egg for the comic book fans. You don't put Easter eggs of Bat characters in a Batman movie. You just put the Bat character in the movie. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Dick Grayson? What was Robin's name? Uh, shoot, I just closed it. Um, I think it is. Fucking better be. Yep. All right. At least they did that. Yeah, and uh, Pamela Isley and Victor Freeze. Yeah. Um, but. Who played who played Poison Ivy? Uma Thurman. Really? Yeah. <laughs> She's a uh, she she really hams it up, but she there has a lot of a, fun with there it. There was a really niche joke about her like Kill Bill and Bill Finger and Batman. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Um 
She's one of Bill's killers. That's all I got. Well, Bill Finger didn't create Poison Ivy. No. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere, but we're too uh, dumb to think of it. Well, and we tie it back around because Kill Bill, like, right at the climax, is a whole spiel about Superman. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. What a fucking love triangle. Yep. So should we end on the, uh, uh, the biggie? I've got a smallie first. Okay. Um, I've also been do. I've also been watching. That was uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> also untrue. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there's a so I've also been watching Overhand's Shoulder a little bit of Once Upon a Time, and that's a bad show. Okay. I'm sorry. It's bad. <laughs> if you like it, you're wrong. No. <laughs> um. But. It has Robert Carlyle, who you'd probably not actually recognize as the secondary antagonist from Aragon. <laughs> God definitely would not. I did recognize him. I was like, hey, that's the secondary antagonist from Aragon. You know, because we don't have a picture, uh, we haven't thought of a picture yet, I'm putting Ryan Reynolds' cheekbone okay. on, on Instagram. <laughs> it's, just... <laughs> it's just like an uncomfortably close picture of ryan reynolds left side of his face um anyway uh yeah once upon a time it's bad it's got bad writing bad acting bad effects the music's okay um oh i forgot to say this i didn't like the music very much in 1917 i mean i thought it was fine but like yeah everyone's like oh it's so amazing and i'm like it does the job but it doesn't. it's it's serviceable yeah um not my point. My point is that Robert Carlyle is having the most fun anyone has ever had in any acting performance ever in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> just for season upon season, he's just he's all over the place and he's he's such a scenery chewer. It's really great. Um yeah, that's uh, that's all I got for that one. Let me scroll back through. I for this I pulled up my list of um every movie I've rated a 4 or lower on IMDb. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of just like, let me also do that. Like, do you want to talk about beyond the black rainbow? I haven't seen it. It's, it's bad. Um, my ratings. Let's see. Oh, I, I remembered one. Uh, Warcraft. Oh yeah. That is a bad movie. Eventually we're going to have an episode about bad movies that are really close to good. And that's one of them. Uh huh. Um, there's, I really like the ending concept it doesn't really work because you don't know who any of the characters are at the end. Uh-huh. But the, the idea is very clever and could have worked really well. Um, in general, the movie is sort of told from two perspectives. It's, it's, it's told from one of the, I don't know, are they called orcs or goblins or orcs? orcs? Okay. It's told from uh, the perspective of one of the orcs and then also told from the perspective of one of the humans. And they kind of, they eventually converge as the orcs and humans have a big war. Yep. And it starts from the orcs perspective. It's really kind of the orcs movie, which I think is a bold and interesting and good decision. Yeah. Um, and there's a really fantastic scene where the orc is captured by some humans kind of in the middle of the movie. And the humans are talking around him. And it is, I have no idea how they pulled this off. It is obvious that they are talking English. You have no idea what they're saying. Wow. It's, it's so I, I I can't even conceive of how they did it. Interesting. Like, it's it's disorienting, and just puts you in this character's situation in a unbelievably visceral way. It's a really cool moment. 
I mean, have you seen that video of like uh, English heard by non-English speakers? Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, there's there's nothing that's distinguishable as a word. Well, I mean, that's like, the same as an thing. English word. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. God, I don't. Every know. time I fucking. It's a. It's a. It's a good scene. All right. Uh, I'm gonna like really quickly go through my bottom four. I'm gonna piss some people off with it. Okay. Uh, so my first. So I'm gonna go from the from like next to number five. Uh, Batman versus Superman. That's yep. number four. <laughs> Starting off strong. Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Yeah. That's a four for me. All right. <laughs> uh, do you have any redeeming qualities? I'm sure you do. Well, the thing is, we're talking about like bad movies. Yeah. And I think this one, I think it's an opinion for me. All right. Um, so I don't know if I can really put it in this episode, but for me, if I had to, if I had to choose a good part of it, Adam Driver, just his presence. Okay. <laughs> I love Adam Driver so much right now. Fair enough. Uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Really? It's a four. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I would put Ryan Reynolds before he quote-unquote dies. His Wade Wilson before mm. he becomes like the Deadpool with the stupid fucking bullshit that he is mm-hmm. uh, is actually a really fun Deadpool. Okay. I kind of uh, like that movie. I think it's not bad. You're wrong. It's actually a really bad movie. <laughs> okay. Wow. It's... <gasps> you know what INDB has Rise of Skywalker rated as? What? point nine nice Nice. (laughs) i believe that is just above the average i believe the average for an imdb movie is 6.8 yeah i'm looking at like 6.5 for donna justice 6.6 for wolverine 6.5 for iron fist suicide squad yeah anything good about suicide squad harley (sighs) quinn is a pretty good character harley quinn harley quinn is pretty good it it's i gave it a five like but it's just mediocre to me yeah like there's nothing that stands out as being good. A fair amount that stands out as being bad, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not aggressively bad to me. I think that if they had just decided to reshoot rather than try to butcher it in the editing room, that would have been a, such a fun movie. I think Suicide Squad deserves to have a fun movie like the Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. If they had done that in the first place, otherwise it's a tonal mess, but like like total and tonal. Um, Very good. If Totenal. Totenal. Tootinal. Tontal. Uh, huh? Tontal. Tont- mm, taintal. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, so are we. But, yeah. I, I think that if they'd done that from the, fir- in the, uh, from the get-go, it would have been a pretty okay movie. It would have been probably a five or a six. It wouldn't have been a four. I think if they'd stuck with David Ayer's original vision, which is sort of gritty art house with neon lights, yeah, that would have been very interesting. And he's a talented director, so letting him do his thing, I think, would have been the wise call there. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man Two, that is a four. Really? Yeah. I don't like that movie very much. Upon upon thinking back on it, it's not a fantastic movie. Either. I don't really like yeah. it much. I that movie has the sharpest swing from I'm loving this to I'm not for me, because hmm. I get to about the halfway mark, and it goes from I am absolutely loving this, this is up their favorite superhero movies to this is awful. Yeah. I think um, the only thing that I can think of right now, and there's some pretty okay moments. The only thing that I can really think of is 
Justin Hammer's fucking leg dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whatever that is, I just love it so much. I put that shit on repeat when I first watched it. Uh, Phantom Menace talked about it. Attack of the Clones talked about it. Crimes of Grindelwald talked about it. Do you know where my next five are? What's that? Guess. Um, gosh, what do you hate? What do I hate? Oh, CW. <laughs> the next five. <laughs> The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and Batwoman. Yep. I haven't seen Batwoman. I just put it as a two for fucking out of principle. <laughs> way, to stick up, way to stick your principles there. <laughs> well, the thing is, that's actually in reverse order. Uh, oh, uh, so the Flash has a 7-8. Arrow has a 7-6. Supergirl has a 6-3. Legends of Tomorrow has a 6-8. Batwoman has a 3-4. Really? Bat- Batwoman is just not well received. Huh. Okay. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and do we have any last ones before we want to hit the biggie? I'm glad that Twilight motivated uh, Robert Pattinson to actually go seek out good and interesting roles and proof that he's a good and interesting actor. Yeah. There are no redeeming qualities in the movie itself, but I'm glad that it came so close to tanking his career that he felt he had to go crazy with making good movies to save it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. did. The Biggie? The Biggie! Hellboy! The big 1.0. As I put it on the... Uh, it's for, uh, We talked about it on the way here. Yeah. I, I had finally actually started rating movies, and it's the only movie both of us have rated a one. Yeah. Um, I have... Everything else is bad at like a number two, but this is just... I have more than a thousand individual <laughs> ratings on IMDb between movies, TV shows, and TV episodes. Probably 800 of that is movies. Only one I've given a one star. Yeah. It's a bad. It's the as I said in the mo- in the car on the way here. It is the worst thing I've ever put in front of my face. And I've seen some pretty bad shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's bad. Um, there is one thing for me though that okay. I might. I kind of want to hear if you have one though, or are you just counting on me for this one? <sighs> I. I struggle. I, the the one good thing that would have. It's not even a good thing. David Harbour could have been a good Hellboy yeah. with a halfway decent script. Yeah. Um, even a bad script. But they just... It's an ugly script. It, mm-hmm. it, it makes him a, a bad, unlikable character. Yeah. And it... I, I can't give credit to an acting performance that's solid when it's just... It, it's that bad a butchering of a character. Yeah that unpleasant to watch so my favorite or my good thing in hellboy is an actual genuine thing i have this weird visceral fascination with giant murderous monsters okay like the design of the apocalypse Mm -hmm. i actually really really liked yeah it was disgusting and gratuitous for the sake of gratuity and it was horrible and dumb but Mm -hmm. like just the the one made of like eyeballs and the one whose legs were stilts and it was fucking kebabbing people yeah. and like that the giant almost steppenwolf thing that walked through the bridge. Yeah. I just kind of like those designs. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a gratuitous, morbid interest. Yeah, no, that's fair. They are intriguing designs. But like I, I wish I got more of them because that was one of my biggest – not one of my biggest. That was definitely a complaint. I had was like they teased us that 
the whole movie, like the whole advertising thing, was teasing us with this big fucking monster that was like putting putting its hands up like a fucking priest mm-hmm. walking through a bridge and i'm like i want to see more of what that guy does i'm like that guy's not anywhere in the 2400 pages of canonical hellboy comics what's his deal and that's all we saw is him walk through the bridge literally the only shot super disappointed yep but like i don't know i just really like there's other examples of that that just like just large interestingly designed creatures okay interestingly designed creatures is my is, is, yeah, the, is the focus that's an important stipulation. not whatever the fuck doomsday was <laughs> but it's just like i don't i don't know i even when watching it i was like this i the fact that that human had about 18 gallons more blood than they should have when he got torn in half is really bad but also, I like the guy that did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's fair. I'm I'm kind of with you there. They are they are interesting and unique designs. They are a horrible betrayal of the original spirit of the apocalypse in the comics. <laughs> Wasn't it just like a thunderstorm? It's like a magical lightning storm <laughs> that kills a lot of people and does a lot of damage. Mm. But it's more true to I mean the whole actual spirit. I'm not going to get into it. You know, <laughs> you know. I really like the opening scene, the, the, the black and white, and there's the great voiceover monologue, and then they do such a good job of really like explaining what everything is. is. Fuck, and you're just like, from the beginning, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, that being said, the mo- not the movie itself, but the movie experience gave me one of my favorite moments in the past year. Yes! <laughs> should we tell that story We should again? tell that story again. We should okay. tell that story every day till the day we die. <laughs> so- you tell it. You tell it so better. <laughs> okay. They're in this movie. First of all, the experience as a whole is just bad. Ugh. Um, this guy behind us is laughing at every dumb joke that makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but there's these two guys in front of us. And they, I believe, had been on their phone for a while. Like, he kind of pulled his phone I, out a couple times. I don't even think so. Oh. Like, maybe once or twice. Yeah. But not, not like the lady at Incredibles 2. Oh just my like God. put her kid in front of the screen and then had her phone out the entire movie that was obnoxious um so we're watching the movie and there's this scene that's in the books it's in the books it's in uh the original and it's in mm-hmm. this one where it's like the beginning of the the birth of hellboy and it's nazis there's not point out it's very different in the comic oh is it really yeah the nazis and the hellboy are in different places oh okay gotcha uh so there's nazis and so there's this guy, this Nazi killer named Lobster Larry? Lobster Johnson. Lobster Johnson. Lobster uh, Larry? Larry the Lobster. <laughs> Spongebob. What's this, uh, uh, Veggie Tales except car- Carney Tales? No. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I tried. Uh, I have a, no. I'm not. So there's a, it's a scene with like this, this, uh, the, this American Nazi killer. And, uh, he jumps in and he shoots a guy and goes, Guten Tag. Yep. You know, just like a one liner. Yeah. You guys know what Guten Tag means. I see this guy fucking pull out his phone and I'm like, all right. So he's like, uh, my initial thought is, well, first of all, get the fuck off your phone. Second of all, it's like, maybe someone like Matt or me, mm-hmm. um, that maybe with a little less respect for p- other audience members of the audience, mm-hmm. that maybe he's like fact checking. Like, 
did Lobster Johnson really show up in the correct comic book origin of this story? Yeah, like something like that. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Spoiler but alert. maybe, maybe he like he was like, no, I'm not right. He looked it up. I'm like, all right, fucking cool, whatever. Maybe you do a podcast, you fucking loser. Um, <laughs> and so I look back at the screen, and then I look back down, and he's on Google, and I'm like, all right, so he's still googling, but he goes to Google Translate, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Are you, are you actually going to translate that right now? Or maybe he's like preparing for like, maybe if he hears like German speaking, mm-hmm. he like wants to like really quickly do that. Um, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he Google translates Gutentag. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? First of all, you don't know what Gutentag means? Like everyone and their mother knows what Gutentag means. It's like when you say Ola, everyone fucking knows what Ola means. I just said in a very American accent, Ola. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone knows what that fucking means. So you had to fucking Google search it. Second of all, did you really think it was that important to the plot that you needed to know what this fucking guy said? He's murdering Nazis. You pretty much get it. It's a one-liner. Context it's... clues. <laughs> just He's fucking... saying hello. <laughs> So he looks this up, and then he leans to his friend and whispers something. I can only imagine is that he's actually saying, this means good day. And his friend laughs, which means his friend also did not know what good dog meant until his friend explained it to him. (laughs) What the fuck? This has to have been like a postmodernist performance art designed only for us. (laughs) This is the only explanation I can come up with. Just, this actually happened. This is not a story that I just made up. Like, Matt, did you you watched it happen too, didn't you? I don't think I was aware. I think I just saw that he was on his phone, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna look away. I'm gonna turn up my nose at you, like, you obnoxious turd." I mean, first of all, it also shows to how interesting the movie was that I was paying attention to what was on his phone rather than the movie. Yep. But I was just fucking mind blown. Stupid idiot. <laughs> a bad experience of a movie. I'm glad it gave us that story, though. Yeah. It's a good story. And gave us some unity on... Boy, was that a bad movie. <laughs> uh. All right. I, I, I did to... hit what was... Yeah, we did hit what was good. Yeah. I, wanna, uh, I wanted to make some sort of overarching point about how... I don't know. I, if I was if I was feeling more positive, I'd be like, "Hey, even even terrible movies and TV shows can have good things in them." But we ended on Hellboy. <laughs> just... <sighs> and I'm tired. And like, I, it's it's more disappointing that even people that do bad things can like have something this quality, mm-hmm. and then they just can't follow through and make the rest of the thing actually good. Yeah, it, it's also a testament to just how hard it is to make something that's actually decent. Yeah. Um, but. Shoust we? Yeah, we should probably shoust. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. Uh, we're on Facebook, where... I don't know. I really I need to start doing something on there again, but I'm just... I'm, it's not where my head's at right now. I'm just... I'm not focusing on it. Preston's doing a little dance. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a, it's a good thing from the bad thing. Oh snap! Got him. What? <laughs> We're on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod. <gasps> Fucking oh, Rob Liefeld tweeted another thing and just being an asshole. Yay! I don't know what it was, and I, I'm not gonna be able to find it because I didn't screenshot it. But he was—he just 
someone made a comment about Alan Moore writing for Extreme, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, there's a reason that Rob Liefeld has uh, Alan Moore writing Extreme comics or something. Rob Liefeld goes, actually, he asked me, maybe check your facts, and like, uh, or like something like that, just in a really asshole way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I was complimenting you on employing good people. <laughs> Rob, shut up. <laughs> Go lie in a field and think about the things you've done. Was that a Liefeld joke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best I could come up with on the spot, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, also at Just Us Losers Pod. I think I still haven't figured out how that thing works. Um, where I post, uh, I seem to have started the trend of posting uh, teasers for the episode. Yep, started with all started with Chris Pine's nipples. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, oh, that reminds me. Uh. Uh, Ms. Russian Death Glare, Alexandra Garyachkina ended up losing the Women's World Championship oh. match. She, uh, she didn't Death Glare Yeah, she was down 6-5 to five going into the 12th and final game and won the 12th and final game to tie the match at 6 and then lost the tiebreak. So, very disappointing. But she's like 21, so she'll have more chances. Um, we're on Gmail. Just us losers pod at gmail.com. If you've got more things that are bad that have good things in them, send them our way at that place. Or, I mean, you can also do it at Facebook or Twitter, or probably Instagram, I suppose. I'm, I'm still not entirely clear how Instagram works. It takes me about five minutes to figure out how to post something every time I try. Uh, I'm such an old man. Yeah. It's funny. Um, Oh, so what, what, what else uh if you uh, have ideas of if, if, if you think that some of our bad things are actually good things you're wrong because we're always right about these things yep. but you can make that argument there uh we'll have coming up in a couple weeks here bad things in good things yep. doing the doing the flipperoo on this so if you got some ideas or suggestions for that you should post that at one or many of those mediums it'll be a lot harder to do that one right I'm. Uh, I can probably come up with a few. I've got Next some. Week? Next week. Women in comics. Women in comics. Two men talk about women in comics. Unless, I mean, I. Fuck, I don't know. Maybe I can get Emily on here, but. Has she read anything more than like a few Black Canaries? Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, that's about as much as I've read in comics. I'm as probably well. just gonna do like a history of women in comics. Okay. So, uh, re- rehash the. Uh, Bridge origin. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. And then and then Wonder Woman being the secretary. Yep. Stuff like that. So I'll probably just do that. We'll put a positive spin on it though. We'll be like, look at the strides they've made. Yeah. Go well, them. And then talk about how still, how they're still massively sexualized all the time. Thanks, Rob. Not just him. <laughs> I know. <Everyone>. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not it, it's it's bad. Um I think that's all. Oh, we've got we got a Patreon now. We talked about that at the top of the show. How do how do they find us? That's a good question. I need to add this to the exit sequence. I'll yeah, it out. you better figure it out. It's uh, it's gonna happen. Uh, so anyway, look forward to all those things coming. We'll have a Birds of Prey review coming in a couple weeks here. Yeah. So that'll that'll be an exciting and good thing. Um, look forward to that. Otherwise, I think I've said all the things I'm supposed to have said at this point in the show, so thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.